guys, welcome to Nathan K. Ginger Beer Podcast. On the couch today, I've got Amy Barlow, aka Amy B. Fit. Hi, guys. Hello. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. So yes. nice to have you back. I know, right? Yeah. Been, a, been a, a few since me, hasn't there, it? There have. There have been a few since you. Have you seen <laughs> any of the ones? Any? I have. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So there's a couple of amazing people, obviously, that you've managed to interview after. Yeah. So I know Lauren. Lauren's an incredible girl. And also Selena. Yeah. So both of them, amazing women in their own field. And yeah, it's just uh, nice that you've had the opportunity to meet other people as I well mean. that I've had the, the you know, the privilege of meeting. Yes, so, yeah. no, it's been really nice. Uh, Thank you so much for coming back that's on. Okay. People want to know about how, you, what, how your story and how your journey began because... Young girl from Wales. <laughs> from Wales. From Wales. Small town in Wales. Yeah? Yeah, and, you know, it's sort of like a, not a bit of a fairy tale, but it's a bit of a whirlwind, no? Massively. How, um, how did your journey start? Oh, Nathan. <laughs> how did it start? So it's been just a, a process. Obviously, I moved to London two, I'd say coming up two and a half years ago now. Yeah. And if you'd have told me I would be here now, but you could say that about anyone, right? You know, yeah. but... I moved here with the intention of being a performer. I knew in my head, like I implemented where I wanted to be. I wanted to be recognised for doing uh, what, I, what I was doing, what I was passionate about. And I wanted to help other people in the process. But obviously you don't really know how you're going to go about that until you can have a plan, but things can change. Sure. So moving here, um, I moved straight to East London. Uh, I remember my parents dropped me off in a van and my mum was crying her eyes out. She's like, I can't believe I've left my my daughter here, oh. <laughs> you know, in East London. Not that there's anything wrong with East London, guys. But, um, yeah, it's just a bit of a difference from a small town in Wales. Of course. And I was working in a restaurant in Stratford uh, for a month. And that was just sort of something to get me in the door in London. Yeah. And I think from that moment on, I realised, nah, I didn't want to do that. So was it that, is that that typical sort of journey where, you know, act, so want to be actress, wants to get into exactly. into theatre, into TV, so they go work in a restaurant or a bar? Cliche, yeah. 100%. That's were, what it is. Yeah. <laughs> How long were you there for? Like a month. And I, I remember <laughs> it was in a um, in Stratford in the Bull, or the, no, the Cow. They have one in the other Westfield. Um, and I remember it would be like when the West Ham football players had their matches and stuff I'd be serving all the football fans and it's just horrendous <laughs> and, I, and I just yeah I think at that point I was like I'm not cut out for waitressing and that was it I think I realized then that I wasn't going to be doing a job just to get me by until my lucky break came about for performing yeah because then what would happen you know I'd have a job performing for a little bit and then go back to mm. waitressing again you know and it's just like I, that's not me no so I sort of thought about the fitness industry and a couple of the girls that I lived with at the time were, were doing the same. They were personal training or they were working in studios as a front of house person. And I thought, well, at least if I'm doing that to earn money, I may as well do something related to my career sure. in a way, in a roundabout way. So I started to look around for various fitness studios and stuff. There was a couple that came about. I got offered one in a Pilates studio and one in a EMS studio. So uh, EMS stands for electrical muscular stimulation. Okay. So, so they put on those suits. Yeah. And they chuck water in it. Yeah, and... they like yeah they do do it to improve connectivity okay. and conductivity. Sorry, and they get the water and they stimulate your muscles. Mm -hmm. So I decided to do that, and well, I applied and then I got on board and then I did my personal training qualification. Nice. But it was like an EMS qualification, so I wasn't actually a personal trainer, trainer. at that point. Mm. And it was, it was a great job. It was like a salary-based personal training job. And that kind of, you know, was where it all began. Yeah. I started there and I met some people through there that now I still network with. Nice. And I still, you know, and I thank that place for a lot. But it just come, came to a point where I needed to progress and move on. And I, I, I think now I realise that being stuck in one place is not very good for me. Yeah. I need to be able to move around yeah. and change. And yeah, so... So I started off there and then through me building up social media, which is another side to what we'll talk about, I uh, moved on from there by doing a personal training qualification that allowed me to PT outside of an EMS studio. Was it something you had to pay for? Was It, it wasn't, no. Okay. So I was really fortunate because, uh, you know, through building up my social media, a company called Number One Fitness, great company, they reached out to me and they said, look, we're doing this influencer program. We want you to be on board. 
uh, we'll pay for your personal training if you do X amount of posts on Instagram. Nice. And at the time, I was a bit skeptical. You know, you get emails through about everything, you know, these days, and you're <laughs> yeah. like, oh God, what, what is this? Is this genuine? Yeah. But it was genuine. I did the course. I now have some best friends from that course. And yeah, um, it got me actually out of the EMS studio because I started to work for the number one fitness company. They really liked me as a person and how I was with uh, clients and mm -hmm. stuff. And they saw something in me, but unfortunately it just didn't work out. Uh, it was in central London and I just, at that point, I think I realized I needed to just branch out and do my own thing. Yeah. How did it, how did it go about you starting just thinking, I want to do my own thing? Like, how, what did that feel like? I think what happened was it, it was kind of a... Do you know, it's funny, isn't it? Through everything that you do, you can only force things to a certain point and you, you just you just know that it just gets to a point where it's just going to naturally change either way. Mm. And I think for me, I knew eventually that it's just going to put me to that point where I was like, you know, I need to just branch out on my own. But the, I think I needed something to make me do the initial plunge. Yeah. And just before Christmas time, I got I was in a dance class because I still try and keep up with my performing as well. You do a lot of dance, don't you? Yeah, yeah well, not as much as I should, to be fair, guys. Um, <laughs> Why yeah. do you to apologise? I know, I'm sorry, <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but no, because I have so many people, like, my dance videos on Instagram, people really enjoy them and, yeah. and see, you know, potential in me. And it's just one of those things where... You know, it's convenient doing, you know, other workouts because you're in that studio at that time and, yeah. you know, doing that, making the effort, but I should do more of it. So I got scouted last year by a choreographer called Will Mottmully, uh, who's a cruise ship choreographer. And he came into one of the classes that I was in and saw me and said, look, I want you in this show that I'm in over Christmas time. Wow. So this is going back this time last year, which is crazy. And... I said to him, look, I've just taken on a job in a new fitness studio. It's going to be a lot of commitment, but I don't, I don't know. Maybe I should take this on as well. Yeah. And he said, unfortunately, I can't pay you because it's for charity. And mm. I said, you know, look, I, I respect that 100%. I would happily do it for charity because oh. I'm all for that. Um, but I said, it's going to be really tricky for me working around my schedule. Long story short, we negotiated things and it ended up being a little bit more for me um, that I got out of it yeah. anyways so that was good um, so I ended up doing this show over Christmas time so last year I was if you'd put me in this place last year I was getting up at 5am mm -hmm. I would travel to Liverpool Street I would train clients from 6am until 9am I would go to Camden I would rehearse from 9.30 until 6 Mm -hmm. And then I would go for this show that I was in and then I would go back to Liverpool Street and have clients from 6.30 until 9. I would go home and sleep and I would do the same thing. Oh my God. And this was happening, you know, for, I knew it was only a short-lived thing because the show was only on for like a month or whatever. Yeah. We only put it on for a weekend, but the rehearsals for a month. So I was like, okay, I can do this. But I think it was the tipping point was my performance levels at the fitness studio weren't at the best mm. because I wasn't getting enough sleep and I think a few times I'd like slept through alarms and stuff and I'd miss classes that I was oh meant to God. teach and I think yeah sorry everyone <laughs> again um so I think at that point I woke up one day and I just I think I'd missed my alarm I was meant to be in Liverpool Street and I was like I physically can't do this anymore wow I can't I can't keep putting my body through this and my mind and myself through this and I called them up and I said I'm so sorry guys but I quit <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Just, I I'm really sorry, but I quit. Yeah, and that was that. And then they obviously said to me, "Look, hey, you know, we're not gonna. We really like you. We're not." And I apologised. I said, I, "I'm not obviously gonna be as rash about it as that." And yeah. they gave me time to think. Hmm. But then over Christmas time last year, I went back to Wales and I came back to London. I had saved up enough money from private clients that I had alongside everything that I was doing. I managed to keep that afloat. And I had about 1,200 to 300 pounds in savings. And that was it. And da -dum, yeah, to yeah. the end. And in January, I was thinking, you know, I just needed time to just figure out what, 
I needed to do. I figured out, I planned like a budget and I was like, well, that's going to give me at least three months rent. Mm-hmm. Um, I still had my private clients. I had two private clients. So you one, got a bit of pocket change. A bit of pocket change, you know. A bit. Of, I think I might have had one private client actually who I still train now. She's an amazing woman. And yeah, I just started to just take a minute, just to take a step back, figure out what I wanted to do. Yeah. And then... Um, I went to a few Instagram events because obviously my Instagram was still going. That's never stopped. Yeah. So I went to an event and I got talking to somebody who said that they had a free credit on an app called eSquared. Okay. And the app was basically, it's a bit like ClassPass. You can book through the app. Unfortunately, the app's not running anymore. But I think a friend of mine called Amy had a free credit on the app and I still wanted to keep up with my training. And there was an F45 um, fit fitness studio that I work in now there was one down the road from me and I said I really want to go and train there so she said I've got a free credit on the app book through the app aim so I did that went down there and then got talking to some of the trainers and I said look are you looking for anyone right now and they were like yeah actually we are amazing and then it just kind of went from there really and now you train at f45 so I still I still do that that's one thing you know for me I sometimes get a little bit not complacent but I know when I start to get a, a bit yeah, not, how can I explain it? Not bored in a job, but I know I need to like move on or progress. Yes, yeah, of getting course. A bit, you know, a bit stagnant. Samey. Yeah, yeah, a bit samey and a bit stagnant. But what was good was I was working in one F45 and then a new one opened. Mm-hmm. And that was the best thing I ever did because the guys at Chiswick are great. I've never been in a job before that's given me the flexibility to be able to do what I want to do outside of it. And wow. I'm so understanding nice. about that. So obviously, like everybody in London, I can't, quit everything at the moment and yeah. just focus on Instagram and yeah, what I want to do 100%, yeah. you know, and I love it. Like, I don't, I don't not enjoy teaching there. The clients are great and I haven't lost passion for it yet, but I think it's because it's still classed as self-employment. Mm-hmm. I'm able to do my classes there and then I leave and I'm able to go home and, or go, you know, do my thing. Yeah. Um, so what is it that you want to do? What, what is it? What's your dream? What, what, did, what does Amy B fit, Amy Barlow want to do? If there was someone out there now listening or watching, thinking, you know, Amy's got something, but what is it that she wants to do? Amy wants to be a successful performer. Yeah. She also wants to be recognised in the fitness industry mm-hmm. as an advocate for mental health yeah. and for women, to empower women. I think I mentioned that in my podcast last year um, to help women in the fitness industry be more confident in themselves to help women change their mindset to change their bodies to make themselves happier as people Mm -hmm. Um, and also yeah just be recognized for being me yeah Um, I know that sounds crazy but I want to be able to be a public speaker but the thing for me is it's always been hard because I've never had a clear direction. Yeah. The, the the whole reason why I'm sat here today is because I'm me. Yeah. You know do what you, I mean? Do you find yourself that sometimes you think, I want to try and do that, I want to try and do that, yeah. I want to try and do that. There's nothing wrong with that though. No. Like, no. If anyone says that there's nothing wrong with that because you can't always know 100% what you're going to like forever. No, exactly. You, you know, one day I think, well, I want to be a dancer or yeah. I want to be an actor and yeah. you might try it and go, oh, I've Try this and kill. There's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with that. No. Like it's great. Like no, exactly. Your social media though is is has like grown like so, it's so consistent. Thank you. So I remember the last time you said, look, when you first started, it was a bit like, oh, should I do it? You know, you're a bit unsure. But now, like, it's consistent. It's you know, you're on point all the time. How? Tell me about that journey. See, isn't it? It's crazy that you say that because it's been a bit of a battle for me on social media. And I sometimes think that I'm not doing very well, you know, or I think that my content's not great or, you know, I'm not getting enough engagement because Instagram's done this weird thing now, by the way, if any of you are not aware, where if you're not paying for promoted posts on Instagram, they've shaved people's engagement and mm-hmm. it's, it's really hard. It's a hardcore game, yeah. obviously, as you know, and, you know, it's... It's been dipping in and out. I feel like naturally I'm getting, I'm working with photographers at the moment. I'm working with people that, I just feel like Instagram isn't something you can force. Yeah. You can't force your brand. If you're your brand, then it's got to come naturally. And I think just from me putting in the hours of networking and do, I think a lot of it, like my engagement shot up after my pageant. Mm-hmm. People. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah Tell yeah, me about your pageant. Yeah. Let's come back to, so- we'll come we'll back come to, social, to media. social media. So you were in a pageant this year, weren't you? I was you? in a pageant. How did that go? Because you were going for Miss GB. How did it go? Because you were also cutting. I was cutting. 
I was under in a calorie de deficit. I was training hard. I was trying to raise money for charity. Yeah. I was trying to keep myself afloat in London whilst I had people demanding X, Y, and Z from me. I had to get dresses. I had to get bikinis. I had to make sure I looked good. It, yeah, it was intense. Worth doing? Nathan, I came out of that pageant feeling like a whole different person. Really? Why? Yeah. How? Because you had to be so sure of yourself. <laughs> the minute that you doubt yourself, there's no point. I had to, I went into a pageant with 30 other women, 35 other women or whatever, that were selected mm. from Great Britain and Scotland. And, oh, that is Great oh, Britain. Yeah. <laughs> but Great Britain, <laughs> England and Scotland. England, Scotland and Wales. The hair's naturally brown, apparently. <laughs> yeah, apparently. <laughs> yeah. We have to, uh, yeah, make myself look a bit smarter. Yeah, so... Um, we, yeah, we went to this hotel yeah. and we had to be in the hotel for four days. Weren't allowed to, wasn't really allowed to go out of the hotel no. or anything. We had to be in, because, okay, so, okay, let's just strip it all back. Yeah. Um, I went through a tough time mm -hmm. last, in the summertime, I went through a tough time. I was going through stuff in my personal life and... I knew I, I took on board this Miss Great Britain thing and, you know, I was so tempted to just leave it. My mum said to me so many times, it's not, it's just a pageant, it's not, you know, worth the stress if yeah. you can't handle it, it's fine, like, mm. there'll be next year. And I was determined, when I put my mind to something, I was like, no, I'm going to do this. this, this could potentially be something amazing for me, you know, yeah. and it was, because I had to be so, I had to test, it tested me mentally tested me mentally, it tested me physically. Um, like I said, I had to go to the hotel. So we had to arrive at the hotel and meet everybody. We went up to our rooms. We got put into a room with one of the other girls from the pageant. Mm -hmm. So you had a buddy. I met a girl called Jocelyn, um, or Josanne, should I say. She was incredible. Uh, She's a barrister. So wow. this, these are the kind of women that you're up against. Yeah. You're not up against your generic. The thing is with Miss Universe Great Britain, it's the biggest pageant you know, there's so many different pageants, but this yeah. is like the big, big. One, yeah. And these girls are boss ladies. These girls aren't people that are just uh, hi, bimbo, hi, bimbos. Yeah, these yeah, girls these mean serious business. These girls are, uh, have their own businesses, are doctors and, you know. Wow. Yeah, are barristers, are running, you know, things for politicians and stuff, you know. So I was up against them and I'm just, a, I classed it, I'm just a personal trainer, you know, yeah. or I'm in the fitness industry. Oh. You know, you had to be, you had to show that you were a really strong person and, you know, I was put under a lot of pressure. There was a lot of pressure because I had to do an interview before I went on stage mm -hmm. and it was a two minute interview in front of a panel of 10 judges Wow. And these judges, you walk in and these judges are grilling you on, you, you know, you, you have lack of sleep because you have to go out for dinners. You ha you ha I had a ball the night before the final that I had to go to and they, they really messed with you there because they give you like a three course meal. And oh my God. Yeah, you're like, you're not intentionally, it was meant to be a nice thing. It was like a bring a bra ball because yeah. for all the women in Africa that couldn't afford bras. Um, so you know, it was nice, but you've got the final the next morning or the next day. Yeah. You know, you're going to be on stage battling it out with all these women. Yeah. Not battling it out, but... What did you do? Did you eat? Not eat? Well, we all ate, but we yeah. were all being very restrictive. Do you know what I mean? It was messed up. <laughs> it was so messed up. It's like, hi, come and enjoy a ball. You just sat around with all of the girls that you're in a competition with and you have to eat a three-course meal and be really happy about it and then you can dance for a bit knowing that you've got to be up and you can drink alcohol, but it's oh like, my God. it really tests you. So... And then having to do that and then, uh, you know, this interview was really stressful because we all had to make sure we were prepared for this interview and the judges are like questioning you on why you want to be, you know, why are you here? Why do you think that you should be Miss Great Britain? Wow. What sets you apart from the rest? Mm -hmm. Why, like, you know, what do you think of other, all the other girls in the competition? <laughs> wow. You have to be so strong to be able to answer these people like, and then the minute that you you know you start to get into your conversation, they're like, "Oh, thank you very much," <laughs> and you're like, "Shit, you're out." Yeah, you're yeah. out. Now they've just made up their mind as to whether they like me or not, and now I'm going to go on stage, and it you know <laughs> it, it doesn't like? matter. What's it like going on stage and like sort of doing the turns and? Okay, so for me, I'm used to going on stage and dancing yeah. and singing and acting and being able to move, being having to go on stage and just walking. Yeah. 
petrifying. Really? So scary. So nerve-wracking. Having to go on stage in a bikini. Massive ball change. Uh, ball change? <laughs> massive different ball game. Sorry. Yeah. Been up since 5 a.m. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Long day. It's a long day. Um, yeah, so it was just a lot of pressure. And I think, for me, I took it quite seriously body-wise because mm. obviously the industry that I'm in I wanted to go on stage and look a certain way but now looking back I realise I was probably a lot more athletic looking than a lot of the girls yeah they try to be a bit more sort of curvy yeah and these yeah. girls have all got gorgeous bodies you know what I mean but yeah. I think for me pageants like my mum my actually said to me today and you shouldn't be as intensively training and working out as you should mm. you know your body would look great on stage if you're just a little bit softer or whatever but yeah. I think from having friends in the industry as well I just had it in my head and that's not a problem with that no because I went to that pageant wanting to represent women in the fitness industry and yeah. how women can do pageants that you know have got a little bit more muscle to them yeah you know, fair enough kind of breaking the stereotype yeah uh whether that was what they were looking for at that point it might be in a, a few years time because that's another thing with the judges mm. you just never know what they're looking for yeah but if i'd have gone into another pageant now if i was to which i might do um i would have proper pageant training why wouldn't you do another pageant I wouldn't do another pageant because it's very time consuming yeah. and it's not necessary. So these girls, are, I have so much respect for them because a lot of them have been eat, breathing, sleeping pageants all their lives, wow. living, living pageants, you know, they know the game. Mm. It's a different game, you know. They, they said to me, oh, Amy, how do I become a social media influencer? I know the game. Yeah. I know that side of it, the industry, you know. Yeah. I know the performance industry. Pageantry mm. is completely different. Pageantry is one of the oldest professions or whatever that's been going around. Is it really? Yeah. Wow. It's very, it's very traditional and very, you know, these girls know their shit. Yeah. So that would be the only reason why, like, you know, you'd question. You could, you could make a career out of pageantry. You could go and do lots of different pageants and it, it's a good thing to do because it keeps you focused, it keeps yeah. you in alignment. But at the same time, I that would be the only reason why I wouldn't if I was actually to do something that's related to my career and focus on that. If someone was watching or listening to this, what would you? What advice would you give someone that's about to or think about getting into a pageant or doing one? If you were to go into a pageant, I would say prepare yourself to feel exhausted prepare yourself it depends on how you are your lifestyle is because a lot of girls as well have the the privilege of and i you know i respect that i probably would if i was back home in wales yeah. of not having to support themselves as much in their you know in london or in a busy city so if you are you know self-employed or you're trying to make a living and trying to stay afloat be prepared for having like an extra load of stress and baggage wow. alongside that um also you need to be organized mm -hmm. i realized that me with organization has never been a strong point anyways <laughs> um so that tested me a lot and start things in advance okay charity work there's me trying to you know jump out of a plane yeah you know the, the very last point you know you need to plan but i didn't know how the because they, they give you a lot of deadlines so and there's things that crop up like you have to be prepared so paula the woman that runs pad the, the miss universe great britain pageant she's an amazing woman uh but she can drop a bombshell on you what you know you'd look on the miss universe great britain facebook group and you'd have a date oh why haven't you you know ladies just let you know you've got to get your you know profile done or your something or your speech done by tomorrow and you're oh like Shit. <laughs> and like uh, but because there's so you just got to be on, on so your it's game. like life isn't it it's like your life it's like your life it's implemented into your life yeah. and then on top of that you know the charity work heavy amount of charity work heavy amount of social media heavy you've just got to be so organized wow tell me about your instagram so you, the last time i met you it was only a few months ago i said it was a few months it was a few yeah. months ago you're about 16 17,000 yeah. now you're over 20,000 20, how does someone go about give us someone a couple of tips and advice on how they can grow their social media do you know what a lot of it is obviously how active you are mm -hmm. so i've noticed if you were to talk about logistics of instagram how things have changed a lot of it's in your control a lot of it's out of your control i'm cleaning 400 likes on a photo got 20,000 followers doesn't really make match up I, sh I used to be cleaning 700 800 likes on a photo wow. algorithms have changed so Instagram doesn't like when you do ads and stuff like that, mm -hmm. but you have to if you want to sort of work with brands and that kind of thing. 
Um, I would say consistency is key. People like to see journeys. People like things that they can relate to. Yeah. Also, I think for me, the, the the a lot of my growth has come from working in different places. You know, I've, I've now taken on a job in a new fitness studio in CrossFit in Putney called mm -hmm. CrossFit Putney. Um, so a lot of people are following me through that. Yeah. A lot of people follow me through F45. A lot of people follow me because I go to events and stuff like that. Mm. So I think a combination of being consistent, having good content, um, keeping your audience engaged, you know, and networking. Don't just be a complete shadow on Instagram. Sure, you yeah. have to be a personality on there. You have to be live, you know active with people otherwise you're just not going to grow i don't really play that game of the follow and unfollow no oh my god that does exist though doesn't yeah. it <gasps> massively yeah it really massively. does because like, someone someone was like so do you follow me they're like do you follow me i was like no and they're like but i, I did follow you and yeah. i stopped following you because you you didn't follow me and yeah i was like mate like i haven't got time no like yeah. unfollow you follow me they've got an app yeah which tells them that if people unfollowed them i used to have that app oh my god I used to have that app, yeah. And now? I don't have that app. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I just don't get it. I really don't. No, it's a, it's a, it's a toxic thing. It Social really is. media can be, that's another side of it that I battle with on a daily basis that I'm going through at the moment, actually, yeah. is maintaining relationships and trying to keep your relationship separate to Instagram and what you do and what they do on social media, take it with a pinch of salt mm. because... You know, it's not real life. No, it's not. But the power of that, you know, I know that I can't remember when mum said a percentage to me about how many marriages fail because of social media really? these days and how many divorces are happening because of social media. Wow. You know, I'm probably the most un Instagrammy Instagrammer. You'd probably, even if that's a, a word for it, no. because it's brought me so many opportunities. I'm working with so many incredible brands. I had Muscle Foods send me a delivery last night. I'm doing yeah. a hamper for them, a giveaway on Saturday. And I've I've got like a month's worth of food. Wow, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like we were sat there in my kitchen last night. I was like pulling out cod fillets out of this bloody <laughs> box. <Yeah. laughs> That's quite nice though. Is it good? It's amazing. Does it pay though? Right, that's another thing. I, I just had to have a massive reality check because I... I do things because I enjoy them, mm -hmm. but I work with some incredible, you know, it's like the thing is with, you know, our industry, you have to support one another. Yeah. So I have videographers that work with me. I work with photographers and stuff that are still trying to grow their own brand and their own work. Yeah. So it's good. But I did a sort of an ad, not an ad, sorry, a video the other week and it was like a fitness video and I should, you know, I posted it on Instagram and that, that could be used as like a, a fitness ad or a wow. sports commercial yeah. you know and it's clear that I'm able to do that kind of thing but it's like you know I need to be I don't think I'm getting paid enough for what I do, do and the amount yeah. of work that I put in for what I'm doing but that's my fault because I need to be represented by an agency yeah creative agencies that you can have that look after your social media account and stuff. Oh, okay. So they will, and I never thought that they would be interested in me because my following wasn't huge. Yeah. But now that we've hit 20, it's kind of a little bit more, you know, you're not classed as a micro-influencer anymore. Okay. Because that's what they call it. That's what it is, really. Apparently. So, so when you hit 20,000 followers, do things change? Do people, more people contact you? Or? Yeah, I've seen a change. Yeah. I've seen a massive change. You know, a lot of brands want to work with me now. Um, but it's just as well, like I feel sort of, I'm not, I think more because I spend the time to create a lot of content yeah. that, you know, my Instagram, I like to do photog like a lot of photography work and stuff like that. That's time out of my, and I enjoy it, yeah. but it's like, I could be paid for doing stuff like this. Mm -hmm. The amount that I put out there, you know, I obviously I have a relationship with some brands like Werewolf, the relationship with them has been ongoing for a long time. They send me a lot of stuff and I have massive respect for them. So we, you know, I don't mind, Yeah. but there are other things that I do and I'm like, I should be paid for that. I should be earning, you know, if you look at, you know, how people are, how many people are earning things on Instagram and like the, the standard rate, I should be earning about 300 pounds to 400 pounds a post. Wow. Okay. And at the moment it's not happening. Mm -mm. All right, but it will happen. It will happen. I'm yeah. sure. I'm sure it will happen because I've seen a change already. But you know, for me, I think I need to reevaluate. Um, I don't know why it's so hard, but it's just need to send all my stuff off to sort of agencies for modelling, for dancing, for singing, 
all of that yeah. because then these people will get the work for me and they will negotiate the rates. Yeah. So I think what I've always struggled with was, uh, and then I think this, the fear of letting somebody else do it for me has always been a bit, oh. Mm, yeah, maybe yeah. they're not doing it properly yeah. or to your standard, etc. So I've always liked to be in control of what I can do, but you know, it gets to a point where I only have so much power, you know? Do you think social media is a full-time job? Yes. It is. It's like, it haunts me. <laughs> it haunts me. Like, I, the, today has been the first time in a, quite a while that I have barely been on my own. Because some nights I just don't even want to... Because it gives me so... It doesn't give me anxiety at all anymore. It used to. I handle it very well now because I'm like, it's not real. Yeah. At the end of the day, yeah. as much as my life is on there, it's not real. Yeah. Real relationships matter more. Of course. But I, I do struggle with balance sometimes and how I look at social media in a different way to other people. Mm -hmm. You know, like I, I don't look at social media as fun. Yeah. If I didn't have Instagram for my business, I probably wouldn't use Instagram. No, that's it. Because for me, it's a moneymaker. It's exposure for me and it's helped me. You know, it's a reflection of me and my brand. Yeah. But without Instagram, like if, because I'm very old fashioned in that sense and I just feel like everybody's getting warped into this false sense of reality. It's crazy, isn't it? I mean, do you ever, have you ever looked at people on Instagram and gone, oh wow, yeah. and then like, and then sort of like not resented it, but like sort of thought, why have I not got that? Got that? Mm -hmm. And then realized that what they're putting out there is fake. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Does that, yeah. is that normal? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and that's why I don't really look at people's stories and stuff. If, if three people pop up, I'll pop like, oh, and they're my friends, you know what I mean? Yeah. They're people that I genuinely am interested in. Like, oh, yeah. What's Alex doing today or something, my flatmate? Yeah, um, yeah or, you know, but I, I don't have, I don't feel the need to look at other people's. I'm actually quite weird on social media, comes to think of it. Like, I do my thing on there and then I kind of leave because I feel like the minute that you start getting into obsession about, you know, Things. Well, like what, like liking other stuff or following other people, or yeah, it can get into a really nasty game. It can. What can advice? Be... What advice then would you give someone younger? Because remember, look, I, I'm what 35 now, and I, I see social media as a, I see it as an amazing tool for business, right? And I love social media, and I don't get jealous because I've almost I've achieved what I want to achieve, right? So I've got past that level, that yeah. stage. But I've not known it from a younger younger age sort of point of view. Like you're younger than me. And you've grown up with social media and these platforms, and it must be really scary. Like you put a post out there, no one likes it. It's like, oh shit, like scary. Like how? What advice could you give someone younger than you, like sort of sixteen, seventeen, getting in social media, thinking I've made a post today and no one's liked it? I would say that if you if you'd have asked me that question like a year ago or whatever, or like two years, I used to have massive anxiety over that. I I think I developed something called social media anxiety where oh I would I would literally physically shake if my if my post all right to on the raw honest yes. yeah like I would I if I put up a post and it didn't clean like 200 likes in an hour or something I still get like that now you know it's like you your brain plays tricks on you your brain has a number in it in your its head and it's like or in your head and you're like, oh, if I haven't done that, then it's not doing very well. Oh but God. it might just mean that Instagram hasn't shown your post to all these people today. Yeah. So my advice to a 16-year-old that's trying to, you know, post something on Instagram or wants a post to do well, I would try your best, if you can, to just separate social media from and just realize that at the end of the day, it is a technology app. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, your laptop freezes sometimes, mm -hmm. your car breaks down. Yeah. It's the same with social media, okay. yeah. you know, unless you've put out something horrendous yeah. that's going to, you know, potentially not get very many likes or people are just like, oh, what's that? Mm -hmm. You know, if it's an amazing, beautiful selfie of yourself and then it gets 10 likes because Instagram hasn't you know, shown it to all of your followers. Yeah. That, But it is hard. You have to be mentally strong. And do you know what? If you're not mentally strong enough to handle it, then don't post it. Good shout. If you, yeah, if you're not mentally strong enough, just don't do just it. Just don't do it. Because you, which is why I've questioned a lot whether I am, but I, I clearly am to a certain point. Otherwise, <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing and still doing it, you know? So sometimes I doubt, I still doubt myself. I'm like, am I as strong as I think? But I think I am. Yeah, of course. Well, you're still doing it. Yeah. And you're being so consistent with it as well. Like, that's another, do you think that's key to being Consistency successful? Consistency is key. Consistency is key with everything. Do you think so? Yeah. 
like plugging away at it, plugging away, plugging away, like 20K followers, two years time frame, you know? Yeah. I realize that now it's all a process and you can't rush. Things just happen, will happen as you keep plugging away. Um, but whether you want to be patient enough to let that happen. I sometimes, I, I called my mum the other day and I was like, I'm so frustrated. I, you know, I should be performing. I should be on a stage. I should be on the television. I should be doing this, that and the other. She was like, hold your horses. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Susan Barlow was like, hold your horses. You're going for, you know, you're going to be off. I'm going to be out of action for next week for six weeks. I'm mm -hmm. going for some surgery. She said, Aim, just focus on that for a minute. Yeah. You know, focus, everything will fall into place. Yes. And it's when I start to panic when I feel very, um, I don't know, like I've had a really bad day and I'm like, oh, I'm being a failure, you know? It's or I'm... So it's normal to feel like that, right? Normal to have those days. Yeah. You don't. You can't look at anyone on social media and think their life is always perfect. Or yeah. you look at people's posts and their life looks just wonderful. It's not how life is. No. Life isn't like that. No, not like at all. I put out posts all the time, and it, you know, you look at my Instagram and think, "You're right. This guy looks, you know, yeah. a happy life. He's doing well. L yeah. Little does he. Little do they know that I sit in my office and I'm like, fuck it. Yeah. You know, stressing, making yeah. sure this is done, this is done. They don't see that part of it. See, and if I was to meet you and not know that, I would never think. I think Nathan can handle everything. Oh, I can. But the point, <laughs> the point is, I've, lear I've learned how to handle yeah. my shit. Yeah. And it, I've gone through a process of all that negativity and that, you know, failing and making mistakes to get to a place now where I think it's cool. Like, I can handle my shit mm -hmm. just about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> if but, I don't handle it, I'll lose it. But yeah. yeah. But it's true. Like, I just think sometimes not to look at social media, not to look at people out there and go, I need to be like that or I need mm -hmm. to do that or mm -hmm. just. Look at people on social media and go, that inspires me. I want to try and get achieve a bit of that myself. And it doesn't matter if you don't achieve it. Like, just find some happiness. Just yeah. find some peace. Peace, happiness. Yeah, otherwise there's no point in it. If social media is making you feel that way. Like, I know when I start to get a little bit anxious and, like, I need to retract myself from social media. Yeah. And I give myself a minute. Like, last night I turned my phone off. Did you? Did it help? It did, Yeah. yeah. It did because that was I was feeling a little bit down personal life wise anyways. But that's the thing, like I think because I am a happy person all the time, like that's my personality. Yeah. Um, people probably do look at me, people from back home in Wales who are from my hometown, Amy looks happy all the time. Amy doesn't have a bad day. Yeah. Amy's you know, yeah, and to the average person maybe I don't really seem that down. Mm. But I do have my off days. I was crying last night, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I it happens, yeah. you know. This is life. It tests you, especially when you're trying to balance social media and personal life. Mm. And you're just like, I fucking wish that I, excuse my French, but I wish that I didn't have my life on social media. Yeah. I wish that there wasn't ex an expectation for everybody to know my business all the time. Yeah. But then I'm like, well, you created that yourself. <laughs> it's true, you, yeah. Nobody forced you to happen. Agreed. But it, it's almost as if I feel like sometimes my... It was what it was expected of me. Yeah. Fair I've always felt like that growing up, that I've always had to be an overachiever. And it's not a bad thing because I feel like that's why my work ethic's so strong. Yeah. That's why I'm hungry for progression. And, you know, that's You work a lot, don't you? I do work a lot. You yeah. work think, a lot. I don't think I realise how much I do work. Mm. I You're a workaholic. That's what you kind of... Do you, do you see that from... Yeah. My... Yeah, you are, though. And, and, no, and now knowing you, I do think that you all you do is work. Like... You, you go out, you don't drink, because obviously you've got the next, you, you go out, the, you yeah. know, you work the next morning, so you'll go to a party, you won't drink, you'll go home, yeah. and you'll go, you get up at five o'clock and go back to work, like you're constantly working. Yeah, and it's hard, like, um, me and my boyfriend went away to Wales last weekend or the weekend before, and we just, like, slept for the whole time, <laughs> basically, and it's just like... But, but there was no, even when I went home, you know, I was driving around, you know, taking, it was his first time in Wales, so I was taking him here, there and everywhere. And it's just, and then you have to see your family and stuff. There's always something. Do you know what? Sometimes I just, I just feel like I always have somebody wanting something from me. Yeah. And I do take time out. Like, trust me, like last Sunday, I monged out on the sofa for, you know, and I, I, and I have been slacking a lot recently, I do feel, but then it probably doesn't come across that way. No, it doesn't. Though. Exactly. And, I, you know, but. As in, you know, I always feel like I could be doing a lot more than what I'm doing. Fair enough. That's quite nice. What about creeps on social media? Do you ever come across creeps or <laughs> any weird encounters with people? Yeah. 
that's another thing about social media. I think being a girl on social media, I think that's pretty standard. I think all females deal with it. If you're female girls, I bet you all have at least one creepy DM in your mailbox oh waiting for you. Oh my God, it's so weird. <laughs> it's one that's a photo and you don't want it uncensored. Oh my God. You're like, no, I don't know what's going on. Yeah, so that happens a lot. Um, people on social media. Yeah, I've had... Uh, that's another thing for me. It's like... You want to be, so people, obviously you have the odd gut, the foreigners, the guys that don't, you know, just randomly message you from different countries and obviously your profile comes up and they're like, hi sexy or hi beautiful or whatever. Mm. And you're, you, 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 you know, but then when I have, I've had like a few voice notes from weird men and I've had men trying to send me stuff, oh, wow. wanting to, you know, and then it, it goes beyond that. I have, I've had like, cause I think for, you know, for somebody that's not, you know, for a guy, you see a girl on social media that has a big following, you kind of think that she's, I don't know, something bigger than what she is or whatever. Yeah. And then that gives, I don't know, I don't know. Gives you the right to sort of what, yeah. send them a message. Well, that's it. And it can be quite, you know, I actually dealt with a situation not that long ago where this actually wasn't a creepy DM or whatever. I can handle that. You can filter that out. But it was a situation with a company that... Uh, are quite well established in the industry and I was in a roundabout way groomed wow yeah that's serious yeah so I felt very taken advantage of and it just didn't yeah it just wasn't great um I had an event because obviously through you know being a blogger or whatnot or if that what they class me as or an influencer I went to an event for a really great company called Face Gym and Face Gym, uh, they, they sort of do workouts for your face. Mm -hmm. It's quite an upmarket concept. Um, they have a, a gym in, Ch they call it gym, like a clinic in Chelsea. They have one in Selfridges. So they invited me to their launch of their new products because they have like products that you put on your face whilst you're training. Okay. So they were like, oh, well, let's get a load of influencers together. We can promote the products on our social media. Anyways, via that, there was a company uh, that were recording the whole, like a video company that were recording the whole event. So they go to events and they obviously do all of the live stuff. So they'll cre um, create adverts and promotions from the event mm -hmm. to promote Face Gym. Long story short, the owner from that company reached out to me and wanted to work with me because he liked my look and he liked how I looked on camera. Obviously, I was very flattered because you know you don't you just go through you go through all these events you go on camera and for somebody to actually say oh look we really like you we see potential in you you're going to be flattered by of that course. so he invited me to go for a business dinner um to talk about a few companies that he thought that i could do promotions and adverts for the one company was a lingerie company called honey Badette. um they work very well known in sort of uh a high street i say they're more up market than that they're like an up, up market and summers yeah um so he said that he had his clients with them and a few other brands that wanted to work with me. Could we meet for dinner? I said yes. Then this escalated to him being like, would you like to um, come with me? I want you to wear you know, stockings to dinner. I want you to wear certain types of underwear because I need My to God. see that you're you know, you you dress well for the brand, basically making it about the brand. Yeah. It wasn't about the brand at all. When I called him out on it, he actually um, said that it wasn't like that. I was looking at it in a certain way and it wasn't. He was grooming you. Grooming definitely. me, yeah. And then um, it went from that to, yeah, it was just very sleazy, very cringy. So then when I actually sent him a very strong worded email to his secretary and I said, look, I don't, I work hard in the industry I work hard for my brand I don't need to be you know doing that or selling my body or selling myself yeah. to get a certain opportunity that's mm -hmm. not how I go about things nice. um, X, Y and Z I said all of this and he then well I didn't get a reply from his wow. his company um, what advice could you give anyone that sort of you know that maybe they're getting the wrong, they feel like they're getting the wrong signal. So now going back into that situation, what would you do differently maybe? I wouldn't have been so, because the thing is with me, I think because I'm, I, I know you can't sit there and say, oh, I'm a nice person, but I try to see the good in everyone. Sure. And I try to be very polite about the situation because I think in my eyes, I thought maybe if I played it to my advantage, then I'm not going to lie. I thought maybe something good could come out of it. Yeah. Uh, but obviously that's not the case. 
So I think if somebody's going through a similar situation like that, I would just say just shut it down completely yeah. to start with. So if you feel uncomfortable in any way, yeah. or someone starts saying wear this or wear that to yeah. a certain thing, unless it's a production, a mm-hmm. proper shoot mm-hmm. where you've got the team around you and everything yeah. else, then yeah. Yeah, because when I said to him, I'll come to my your office and we'll have a meeting there, no, dinner would be better, always, Ooh, you Yeah, know? so he's keeping it very personal. Exactly, it, yeah. yeah and wants, it's like, how can you do it? Sorry to cut in, but it's like, how can you be so stupid? Because my following and my audience is very active. Mm. I could easily, if I wanted to, of you know gone a little bit more ahead with this and taking more action yeah um i also lost the relationship with face gym and the company so i'm really you know it was quite you know sad to yeah. do that but hey you live and you learn so if somebody is going through this i would just say girls be very wise and be very you know in the industry people especially if it's a well-known company like that if somebody wants to go for a meeting with you and you see those signals, obviously just don't entertain it. No. Guys as well, maybe. Yeah, like young guys. Young guys. Like young guys, young guys, you know, you just never know what's out there. I think I realise now more than ever, you know, you can you can go ahead with a photo shoot, you can go ahead with this, that and the other. I'm always getting this problem. Nathan's <laughs> in high demand here. He's like, no. God. Fighting them off with I'm a not stick. Wearing the, I'm not wearing those stockings tonight, darling. I'm not, no, sorry, but... that oil on me tonight. <laughs> no, yeah. Sorry, Juan. <laughs> but it's true, guys can go through it as well and... You know, you just have to be very mindful of the fact that, you know, I think you can sell yourself short on social media. For one, you don't need to do that yeah. to get exposure. For two, if you if you have, I think this is something I'm learning as well, is to be more strict with my, my rate and how much I charge and yeah. how much, if a brand is asking me, I try and test the boundaries a little bit more now. Mm. And I'm like, look, if this is going to give me, like, take time for me, yeah. then I'm going to you know give you a rate and this rate will be i think i'm i'm it's time for me to start being a little bit firmer yeah. in this industry what would you say is the toughest thing about being self-employed i mean i know that you've i know you've got a job with f45 but you're still self-employed yeah. you're still you know it's still your own business what, what would you say the toughest part of being self-employed is you can never switch off hmm. you always have clients you always have something going on there's always something yeah I can never, whether that's my Instagram, whether that's my, you know, I can never just completely, unless, you know, I'm very lucky I've met somebody that I can switch off with. It's, it's sort of in the same boat as me. Yeah, nice. But still, you know, I'm still living my life through certain, you know, yeah, I think that is. And obviously the unpredictability of pay. Yeah. You know, if you're sick. Of course, yeah. If you're ill, like I'm going off for like potentially six weeks next week, you know, I've got to always think about a backup plan. Like luckily I have work lined up in January and I know mm-hmm. it will be fine. And that's another thing as well, though, where you just realise if you're self-employed, sometimes you just can't stress and it will be okay. Yeah. But just don't be stupid about your money. Yeah. You know are you a, Are you a saver or a spender? I'm I'm a saver. I'm I'm careful with my money. I don't go absolutely crazy. Yeah. But it's like even without realizing it, you just go out and you just have a good time. You know, you go away on little trips, food, money, going out for dinners, that yeah. kind of thing. That all adds up. I don't go out and spend four hundred pounds on a coat right now. You know, mm. I will do at some point yeah. when I can. <laughs> you know, that's the goal right there. But you know, the main thing for me is my rent to be paid. Yeah. Also, I've just recently taken on a car and parking tickets. Oh, good. You get a lot of parking tickets. There are paying. There is an app you can just pay for your parking. I do, but I have like even with the app. Like sometimes I've been booking on the app and they book me for a ticket whilst I'm booking on the app. What? Yeah. That's, that's pretty shit. Wondsworth. Um, <laughs> okay. I'm trying to think. Hammersmith and Fulham. You're all money grabbers. I swear. <laughs> I swear. Like you make me feel so shit when I have a big chunky wallet on my windscreen. That's not nice. No, it's not. So you've got yeah. So you decided to get yourself a car. Got myself a car. Thought good. that would be a good idea. Yeah. I was also in a bit of an accident on Saturday. Yeah, somebody drove into the side of me and drove off. Oh, and yeah, drove off? Drove off. He got out of his car and he was like, are you okay? And I, before I even had a chance to say anything, he drove off. Oh my God. Yeah. So no I'm going to have to go to the police. Uh, no, I was in so much shock. I couldn't Oh even. my God. So I'm going to have to go to the police station about that as well. <laughs> you haven't done it yet? No, I haven't done it. I haven't had time. I haven't had time. <laughs> What's, this is crazy. This is crazy. Someone just hit my car. I need to go to the police at some point. I haven't had. To. Someone just hit your car. I know. I just. This is the thing. Okay, so being self-employed, you kind of just prioritize. Work wow. And ha- over your so, health and yeah everything. So you plan. So you're, you're not. You're not uh, frivolous. Is it frivolous? You're not frivolous, frivolous with your money. Yeah, yeah. You're quite. You know. You budget. 
you say like you yeah of... i don't i would say i don't budget that's another thing i've got a meeting actually with an accountant next week because my i'm still learning all of this yeah. do you know what i mean um i just go through the motions because i think as well i think you know when you're self-employed as quick as you're doing you know, something you're, you're spending you can earn that yeah. back yeah so that's you know and you just kind of like i think it's just adapting to living in london you know what i mean you yeah, know of course. you know how much you can spend on things you know how much you can't you know if you've spent a lot on something you don't spend as much on something else yeah. or you make your food last you for another day or something you wow. know what i mean you know, this, yeah. this is real life this stuff this is real life guys yeah. like I, it probably looks like on my instagram that i'm i don't know whether it looks like i'm glamorous or whatever but you know, I have to do this as well. I have to meal prep to budget on money. I sometimes worry about things as well. I'm a real person at the end of the day. Yeah. You know, I, I'm i still trying to keep afloat in London. I haven't earned my millions yet. Yeah. I can't afford some things. I, you know, I don't you know, go on that many holidays or, you know, yeah. You just make the most out of what you have, I guess. And I think that's mm. why social media helps because you can work with brands and it benefits because I think that's another, another, I can't get my words out, another thing. You're able to, if you, but then, you know, like I've said to you before, I swear in my first podcast, I said that it doesn't come easy and it didn't fall into my lap. Yeah. I have to network with these people. I have to you know, work with these and, brands. Yeah, I go out, out there and get it. Yeah. But. Cold yeah. calling almost. It's almost like, cold, for most businesses, it's equivalent it's of cold calling. Yeah. Knocking like, on doors and that sort of thing. Creating opportunities for yeah, yourself. Yeah. It's like being a salesperson for yourself, which is probably the best person to be a salesperson for. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's why I always have the passion to do it. Because it's like, oh, this can help me. This can, you know, I'm getting sent a rucksack with £100, you know. Yeah. Somebody's sending me that lovely brand, you know. They're like, and they apologise to me. They're like, Amy, we're so sorry. We're not in a position to pay you right now. And it's like, but we can send you this and it's like oh my gosh you're actually apologizing to me oh, cute. you know and like people like that I have time for um and some sometimes things can be a little bit intense I did a campaign with another sports brand uh, not that long ago and that was a little bit oh like they were asking you know it was very down to the bone you know it was very like we're paying you but you have to send us logistics of your story insights which is pretty standard yeah your post insights um you know, oh, we don't like this. It didn't look as natural. The photo that you took, can you oh send take another one? You know, and you, you, it can be tough. You know, you put, you spend time putting out content, you spend time editing photos, you send it to the client. No, we don't like that. Wow, and they rip it apart. They well, unless apart. they're paying me thousands to do it, then I wouldn't bother. Well, that's it. Yeah. You know, this is where I'm probably dipping out. But by me doing these things is kind of, in a way, you know, it's like I do something else with a live fitness company uh, that I do live recordings for, and that's given me a massive, you know, boost to my engagement. Yeah. But I should like being behind camera. I should be paid a lot more. For that. <laughs> yeah. You know. Sure, yeah. You know. You're like, what are you doing? You know, like sometimes I do think. You know myself, your worth. Yeah, and I do settle sometimes. I think that's something I will take and I will learn from. Mm -hmm. And I'm still learning to do that, you know? Like, and I've had people, even personal training ones, even my clients, I have people, so many people ask me, oh, Amy, how much do you charge for your hours worth of personal training? Mm -hmm. You know, my clients that I've had for a long time, I will charge them a little bit less and they yeah. do train with me most, like sometimes every day. Wow. So I will be a little bit negotiating cool. with that, or negotiable. But I would say that, you know, people... You ask you your rate, you tell them the rate, they don't get back to you. They're like, well, that's steep. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, but 100%. Guys, Amy Be Fit, Amy Hi, Barlow. Hi, guys. Hello. Thank you so much. No, thank you. Yeah. <laughs>